Hey, is it Saturday yet? Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> A podcast presented by Student Union Sports. Welcome back to Is It Saturday Yet? Luke Owens joined alongside Bryce Hoppe with a very special guest today. Air Force running back, John Lee Eldridge III. Six touchdowns, 7.1 yards per carry. Absolute beast out of the Falcons' backfield. John Lee, thank you for joining us, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Now, I want to start here because you've had quite the the offseason already. First, you entered the transfer portal. Then you decide to enter in the NFL draft, which, of course, comes with its own kind of uh, interesting wrinkles as a member of the Air Force Academy. So kind of walk me through your offseason. How did you, you know, first decide to transfer, then decide to head to the NFL draft? Oh, well, that decision came with, you know, being at the Air Force Academy, um, it's kind of, you know, the, the process of going to grad school isn't typical. Um, I have to have a letter of approval from the secretary to be released. Um, basically, my decision, like withdrawing my name from the portal was because that process was taking a little longer than expected. Um, I knew that I wanted to play more football. And so whether it be a college or NFL, um, you know, that was just determining upon that letter being approved. So being that that was taking a little longer, I just went ahead and, you know, decided to declare and started training for that. So is that letter the same for whether you're, you're asking for a release to the transfer portal and the draft or is that, is that different that, or is it just the same? They're like, all right, whatever your decision is, here's our decision. I would say it goes, it's, you know, it's approved by the same person, but the process is a little different being that they want us to, you know, get out be officers, but they already have that set, you know, plan that if, you know, you're going to go pro, whether that be for baseball, basketball, or football, they already have that kind of in place. So the trying to go to grad school is something that's a little, a little different. So it's a different process. As a guy that's, you know, entering the draft, having, you know, a great season, but, you know, at a, a school like Air Force, that's not necessarily on, you know, national television all the time and things like that. What are some of the things that you kind of want to showcase when you go through the draft process? Like, in terms of combine, in terms of meeting with teams, like what are some things that you want teams to know about you? Um, I feel like my biggest asset when watching the my film is my speed. So of course at my pro day I want to run something fast. You know, I'm looking, I'm expecting to run like a four three. Um, that's my goal. Um, outside of that, I mean, I th- I know looking at my draft grade, one thing that you know was kind of missing was the proof of me being able to catch. So you know, I'm excited to go out there and show the scouts that I can you know do that. Is that something you're you're actively working on, or are you not too worried about what being able to show, or are you are you grabbing 100, 200 balls a day? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a little bit of both. I'm not too worried about it because we did do you know passing and catching drills at practice during the season, but I have been catching about 100 balls a day, you know, with my quarterback that's still there at the academy. It's it's so interesting watching, obviously, the Air Force offense, the triple option, a lot of running, things like that. Um, and you guys, you know, roll out a ton of running backs, fullbacks, quarterbacks can run. And, you know, sometimes the touches are kind of thin going around. So how do you kind of stay ready for when your number's called? Because I feel like, you know, there's some games where you're carrying a bulk of the load. There's other games where you're not getting as many touches, but obviously still putting in the yards per carry. But how do you kind of stay stay focused and stay locked in? Um, I'm kind of going every week knowing that, you know, you know my, my touches this game are going to be limited. You know, I have limited opportunities, so the best thing that I can do for myself is you know, honing in at practice for the little things to know when I get that opportunity to come game time, I just got to maximize it, whether that be two, four, 
10, 12 carries. I just got to, you know, maximize it each and every time. So one thing that impresses me, especially with the Air Force offense, right, the triple option, there's a couple different options that can happen each play. Um, is it like being being a back, being a wing, and, um, you know, coming around with the motion, like are you – are you focused just on kind of the ball and the quarterback to see what your next assignment is? Or are you like seeing everything develop and then that, that hole opens up and you're ready for that pitch and then you're just gone? I mean, pre-play, you know, I'm looking at who the front side slide is getting ready to block. I'm looking at the quarterback's read to see, okay, he's going to get ready to pitch it to me or oh, this looks like this might he might end up keeping it. So I'm kind of looking at all of that pre-play and then while I'm motioning, I'm just looking at that and then looking back at the quarterback, trying to stay in that good pitch relationship. And from there, you know, once I get the ball, you know, it's, you know, showtime. So I love that showtime. I mean, I was a huge, I, I mean, I love watching you guys play. I just love seeing the, the hole open up, especially on TV. It's perfect because you don't have like a guy motioning from receiver off the screen. And then you got to wonder where he's at. You just see the whole thing develop. Um, so I loved watching, especially that JMU run. Uh, was one of my favorites. Like you mentioned, your speed, but you're insanely strong too. Uh, how do you how do you balance the? I'm sure training that goes in with everything at the academy, uh, while also maintaining that speed. Um, the biggest thing that I do for maintaining that is I'm also a track athlete. Uh, I did track all throughout high school as well as all four years here at the academy. So I mean, today, you know, I actually just got back from track practice earlier. Um, you know, just being in the off season, I'm practicing with the track team at least three times on top of the football conditioning that I'm already doing, just to maintain that healthy balance, making sure I'm not losing too much weight, but also at the same time getting faster. That's awesome. Well, just glad you could join us today. And I know, uh, I know I'm a Badger fan, so the track practice, Jonathan Taylor, he's a he's a pretty talented guy. Some guys know, so I like I like the the footsteps, if you will. There. Yes, sir. Are there any NFL guys that you kind of maybe model your game after or you're like man I wouldn't uh, you know I, he reminds me of you know my body type my speed my kind of skills like are there any NFL guys right now that you're like that you know that guy kind of reminds me of me I mean growing up I'm also I was born in uh, Youngstown Ohio so I'm a big Buckeyes fan growing up so I really paid attention to Zeke Elliott um, I also take a like to uh, Marshawn Lynch and just really just Kind of like with the mentality of the earlier question, you know, every time I get the ball in a game, I know it's only going to be a few times. So I got to maximize maximize that every single time. So I just try to go out there and run my hardest, kind of like they do. I, I love that mentality here because you're talking about guys who had more than enough speed uh, to get by guys, but then would absolutely run over, not shy away from contact. So I love I love hearing that from you, especially I just. All I see sometimes in my dreams is that JMU run where you hit the sideline, throw a couple guys off, man. I just, yes, I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that run a couple times because for well, Luke and I, well, let me Luke ask, you. I, we, we <laughs> like that, that, and we, we, we like the outcome of that game. Well, let me ask you this though: uh, Which run did you like better, that run, or did you like the uh, the San Jose State game where you kind of went viral for the the run down the sideline for the touchdown, where it was like he's going out of bounds, no, he's hurtling a dude, he's running over another. Like, I, I that was my personal favorite of the year. Yeah, I mean, it was my goal to have one of those games every single week. I guess I would have to say, like, the San Jose game just because I finished it with the touchdown. Um, but, you know, the, the JMU one, I was a little bit longer. So, I mean, it's, it's fun. Every time I step on foot on a field, it's just it's a blast. 
And I think another, you know, interesting part of, you know, being an Air Force and, you know, playing your high school ball in some cold weather too is, you know, you have these snow games, you have these weather games. Like, I, I got to ask, as a running back, you know, I'm, I'm, I know you're a Chiefs fan, right? Yeah. Which yeah. hurts me to my soul. I'm a Bills <laughs> fan uh, here, in, here in upstate New York. So uh, congrats on the win last week. Uh, <laughs> sad. Um, but, like, like, I watch a guy like Isaiah Pacheco run in the cold, and it just feels like guys are like, I do not want to tackle him today. Like, is that kind of the mentality you have as a running back where it's like, you know, even though it's cold, like, I know dudes are not going to want to tackle me? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the mentality every game. It's just like, if I do this, I know eventually they're going to start going for my ankles or going too high up top. And then once they do that, it becomes makes my job a little bit easier. I can start to use more of my moves. Now I can, I know when to stiff arm or know when to hurdle or, you know, when to make certain moves because I know that they're either going to go super high or go super low. So. Now I see that your uh, your major is systems engineering. So is that like do you have the ability to calculate all of that a lot faster? What what you're going to next is that something we should be looking for as an advantage through the draft process? Um, I mean yes and no. So my my major is actually uh, business management. We do actually have to take a whole lot of uh, engineering courses just as part of our regular requirements being at the Air Force Academy. So, I mean, I get a little dosage of both sides. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like that definitely does help with the speed of the game and understanding everything. I think another kind of cool way to understand you is through your social media. And you're a big TikTok guy. I love seeing the videos, you know, the routine videos, the videos of you guys messing around, stuff like that. Uh, how important do you think it is for athletes nowadays to utilize, you know, things like TikTok, social media, and be active on them to kind of engage with the fans? Um, I feel like it's huge. I mean, like your brand for yourself is everything. So, like, the, you know, best way to keep yourself, I guess, relevant and to get exposure is, you know, have a good social media presence. Does this mean uh, Does this mean that once once you get drafted here, hopefully in April, that uh, Gronk is going to have problems with the AARP commercials? <laughs> I mean, I hope so. I'm, I'm, I'm open to whatever calls. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, another thing I saw in your bio, which I thought was interesting, and you can correct me if it's if it's incorrect, or you can correct the Air Force football for having this on there, but it says you're one of seven kids. Is that correct? Uh, yes, yes. I have a <laughs> I have a mixed family. My parents uh, got divorced when I was a little younger, so on my dad's side, I have uh, what is it, four siblings, and then my mom has two daughters, and then she also just had a a newborn son back in December. Oh, nice. Nice. Are you so? Are you the are you the number one? Are you the oldest of the uh, of the rundown? Yeah, I figured because you had the you know the third attached to the name, but you don't know. You never know because some dads like you know they see the baby and they're like, this one's not going to carry my name. But he saw you and he was like, no, this yeah. is this is John Lee Eldridge the third right here. Yes, sir. Great name. I mean, we we've been talking to the JL. I know you have it in your bio as JE three, but JLE three also plays. I just. I have a bad name, Bryce Hopwood, and so I just I'm pretty jealous of the initials and everything. Um, uh, another thing I saw on online was that you've been kind of bulking up this off season. What's been like the uh, the key there for for putting on some weight? Um, I mean, really just protein shakes on top of the two three workout sessions that I have a day. Um, I wake up every day around four thirty to try to get to the gym around five. Um, I'm in there for about an hour and a half doing my workout and stuff, get done, stretch, then I'm going to classes. So does that's done in the afternoon. My last class is like over like one thirty. 
Then I'm down back on the field at two o'clock until about four. Um, and then after that, I'm in the track. I'm on the track for about another hour, just doing technique stuff with my coach, getting ready for the 40. That's crazy. What are like, yeah. I can I get up at like seven and I'm like, man, I use some coffee. Otherwise, this is going to be a long day. Yeah. It, it kind of interests me, though, John, you talk about, like, the the small things, like, working on your 40 time. Like, you know, that's the thing you do every day. I feel like a lot of people don't think about that. What are, like, some of, like, the ins and outs of, like, getting a better 40 time? Like, what are some of those small little details that you work on? Oh, I could use this. I need to get way fast. I mean, for a lot of people, you know, everybody's fast. But the big thing with that 40, you know, getting there, running a good time is the technique, you know, getting an explosive start, making sure your steps are down, getting that all down to an exact science and being able to ex- execute it when that, you know, when that time comes. I don't know if everybody's fast. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I am not impressive when it comes to the 40. That is for sure. So I might have to, I might have to get some technique stuff from you. Yes, sir. Talking about this season, you guys got off to a great start. Obviously, eight and zero. There is, you know, talks is Air Force going to be the team that gets that uh, that New Year Six bowl, uh, and then you guys went on a little bit of a skid there at the end of the season, but you ended it nicely with the bowl win. What do you think kind of caused those ups and downs this year? You know, from the eight and zero start to you know the four game losing streak, uh, and then obviously ending the the season on a high note. Um, I feel like the biggest two things is probably injuries as well as just you know handling that adversary adversity um you know coming off of really just the end of this pre previous season we were um i think we were on a 13 game winning streak all together so just not having not had experienced a loss in so, such a long time you know was kind of uprooting for the team so trying to bounce back that following week after losing to army was kind of hard thinking we were going to go into the Hawaii game and you know blow them out of the water and it wasn't as easy as that so, you know, I just think that focus was kind of throwing it off, you know, after experiencing a loss after 13 games. Um, and then having that time off after the regular season ended just to, you know, recoup and refocus all of our energy and, you know, get some guys back due to injury. Um, that, that allowed us to go out there and play our best against JMU. I uh, I got to ask because in the world uh, of college football today, it's not easy Um it's not easy to be a coach. Obviously, Coach Calhoun has been there 17 seasons now, uh, an incredible 61% winning percentage. You know, you guys are going to bowls all the time um, and everything. You're, you're part of a long line of history with Coach Calhoun. Is that is that something that was a nice selling point, knowing that you're going to, you know, you don't have to necessarily have to worry about Coach? I mean, obviously, it's a little different with the Air Force um and just kind of how you how they're able to recruit and no red shirts and that kind of stuff but uh was that was that part of the selling point for the academy yeah so when i was making my decision back in who that in 2019 the biggest thing for me was like you know what's college is going to set me up the best for life after football as well as where am i going to be able to grow with the consistent coaching staff you know you know so knowing that he has that type of loyalty to the program was huge and on top of that, um, you know, just like you said, with our recruiting, we don't have any type of, uh, you know, access to that transfer portal. So it's a matter of whoever you come in come in with your freshman year, you just know that these are going to be your guys unless, you know, people end up leaving or something like that. Did you know, you know, in high school that you wanted to end up at a service academy or is that something that you kind of saw the name and then you did some more research and then decided to go there? 
Yeah, the latter. Yeah, I just I didn't really know too much about the academies. Um, I, it was like uh, my junior year. I had just got inducted in the National Honor Society in high school. Um, I posted about that, and that I also posted that I was going to be attending the junior day um, for the academy. So then that next morning, all of the coaches on the staff started hitting me up, saying, "Hey, we're excited to have you up." Um, we got, you know, I had that visit, and then I want to say it was few few months later in february right around my birthday I, I came up for the unofficial visit and that's when i got my first off that's awesome happy early birthday uh i want to i want to turn it yeah no problem i want to turn it to uh you mentioned the uh, game against uh, army this year um i think one of the better trophies in all of college football uh is the commander chief trophy um Air Force has the most all time. Do you do you guys ever get annoyed with the Army Navy game that being that last like regular season game of the year, if you will? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, that's Amer. You know, they call it America's game, and it's you know, it's a big thing between those two teams. But then, like you said, we're the one who went has won it the most. Um, so yeah, I definitely think they should do some type of like you know reevaluating of that of that you know the hype around that. But I understand that you know the Army and the Air Force. I mean, no. Um, the Army and the Navy were around a little bit longer, so that's kind of where that history comes from. I like it. Is that like ever like a motivation tactic when you guys go to play Army and Navy? They're like, hey, like, you know, they do their whole thing, but like they kind of forget about us. And I feel like that's a big reason why you guys you guys handle them a lot of the time. Yeah, definitely. I think one of our biggest mottos that a lot of our fans do is that Army and Navy play for sake. Just like as long as we, <laughs> you know, get through the season and beat both of them or when it's time and the world is watching them. Everybody knows they're playing for second place anyway. That's awesome. Oh, it's uh, I gotta ask too, cause like all the academies is the Falcon the with like the tornado logo. Is that the best logo between the Black Knights and the Midshipmen, or or is uh, do you think one is better than the other? Okay, I'm sorry, can you say that again? So like the logos with the academies, the Army has like the Black Knight logo. Navy has like the goat, the Midshipmen, and then there's the I I think it's the I think it's better than just the AF, the like tornado deal on yeah. uh, logo. Which which of those three is the best? I mean, you know, got to be biased, but I definitely think the Air Force one is the best. I agree. I think the goats yeah. a goat, you know, the yeah. knights a knight. But I like the I like the yeah, a the, lot going on with ours. Yeah, yeah. I feel like people will sleep on your guys' jerseys too, because you know, the Army Navy game gets all the hype. But you guys, you guys have some sweet some sweet jerseys going on over there. The like yeah my uh, yeah the bullets on the helmet just for our basic uniforms and then like our special APLS jerseys. I think my favorite was my um uh, my sophomore year when I scored my first touchdown. We had the uh kind of like the camo print on our shoulders. That was my favorite back in uh what was that in twenty one. Were you there when they wore the the uh gray ones with like the red helmet with the uh the plane on the side? It was like a shark thing. Uh, I know that was. Yeah, that was a while. I think that was back in like 2018. Oh, okay, okay. I just I just had like a crazy memory. And I was like, they those were sweet too. <laughs> yeah. Well, Luke, should we should we move it on to the fun stuff? Yeah, we we can move on to the fun stuff. I think it's all been fun hanging oh, out yeah. with uh, John Leo, just the third running back from Air Force. But yeah, we can we can move on to the fun stuff. Seven. I, you mentioned it earlier. Seven point one yards per carry. I mean, you take a couple quarterbacks out of there i mean that's already 10th in the country alone per carry this year you take out Jaden daniels he didn't you know he didn't do much this season but you know that's that's the solid nine at least 
Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll ask the first the first one. Uh, game day ritual. Anything we're eating specifically, and obviously you got the headphones on. What's in the headphones? I mean, it depends. You know, sometimes we have morning games. Sometimes we have evening games. Uh, my biggest probably thing that stays the same is I get chicken with my with my pasta um, before the games. Um, and then in terms of like music, I'm a big Drake fan, so I got a lot of Drake playing. The question is what Drake vibe, though, because Drake has a few different vibes that you can go for. I know some guys like a more chill, but some guys like to get hype. Uh, definitely the hype stuff. Definitely the hype stuff. It's weird. Every... Every quarterback we've talked to, they love to be chill before the game. They're like listening to like R and B soul. But then yeah. we talk to the running backs, you've talked to the linebackers and they're getting hyped. So I, I think it's really funny, like the difference. Yeah. Well, I definitely I have had a few games where I, you know, changed, switched it up. The San Jose game when I had the crazy run, that whole I wanna say the last fifteen minutes in warm ups when I had my headphones on, I was just listening to straight dance music. Just hype. TikTok dance music stuff that was getting me moving. You're just trying to get loose on the field. So that's what you like uh little little Billy G and Michael Jackson really yep. start feeling exactly. Exactly. moves. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh and then the other question we have, I'll ask the movie question this time because people like to uh slander me on this show and say that I'm not a movie guy. I'm not a big movie guy, I will say that. Uh, Hop is kind of in the middle. Our other co-host, Andrew Diaz, he's not here. He's a huge movie guy, so he'll be judging you uh, based on this answer. But what, what's the favorite movie? What's the, the movie you're going to pop on uh, if you got a couple hours of free time? It would have to be some type of Marvel movie or DC movie. Um, the first one that comes to mind is either Avengers or like Man of Steel, Superman. That's, that's interesting because you said it could be Marvel or DC. Mo- most people only can pick one, but I like that you're mixing them up. Well... It's all. It, it has to be Superman if it's DC. Everything else, I don't. No Batman. Hey, <laughs> uh, if it's Batman versus Superman, maybe. I like that big Superman guy. Just yeah. a Superman fan. I like it. I yeah. think. Uh, I mean, and you can. I. I like to pretend on this podcast that I'm usually like a nickname guy. Like I'm pretty good with that and personal branding that we were talking about earlier. Man of Steel. I might. I. I think we got to come up with like a shirt, a JLE three. Or JE3 Man of Steel shirt, because I think that would sell like hotcakes. Yeah, it would. Uh, our fullbacks actually at the academy, their little nickname is um the Superbacks. So they actually went over one of their warm up shirts was a Superman logo. So I was trying hard to get that, you know, but being a tailback, they were like, nah, nah, this is not a part of the group. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. Listen, the, yeah, the fullback, a lot of people say it's a dying breed, so they kind of got to stick together. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't blame. Him. I'll send you some mock-ups of a man of steel. I think I think that would play for sure, especially going forward. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hop bothering another guest. Who'd have thought? Uh, but there he is, John Lee Elders the third, Air Force running back, future insert NFL team name here, running back. Yeah. Uh, anyone on the short list before we let you go? Like, like if there was like one team, you could just be like, man, I'd love to play for that team. God, I don't know. See, or it being by you know. It, bias you know just where i'm from it would be nice to play for the chiefs or the, or the browns um being though those are my two hometowns but i mean whoever wants me you know i just want to go and be an impact to whatever team wants me. i think you're an impressive impressive uh person john i think any team would be lucky to have you for sure so thank you there he is john lee eldridge the third air force running back i'm luke owens bryce hopwood we'll see you guys next week and uh thanks for hanging out with us
Thanks for having me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Is It Saturday? Yeah, I'm your host, Luke Owens, joined alongside Andrew Diaz, Bryce Hopwood. Kind of a mini episode here. You know, the season's over. We cleaned things up last week. But as always, there is news to speak about. And first and foremost, the big shocker last week, Nick Saban announced that he is retiring. He'll no longer be the head coach at Alabama. Uh, Kalen DeBoer will take over going from Washington to Alabama. But first, let's just talk about Nick Saban. I mean, we know what the career is. We know what a legend, uh, greatest college coach of all time, in my opinion. But kind of stunning, you know, how how quick it happened. I wasn't expecting him to have some kind of Coach K selfish tour at the end of his career. But it almost just it just happened. And it's like kind of he's gone already. It's It's crazy how quick everything happened. Uh, yeah, sad day for the game, man. I mean, I know, like, I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but it just was, like, kind of similar with, like, just all the legends of the game. Like, you never think that the ride's actually going to be over. Like, right? It's just, no, like, Nick Saban just is Alabama head coach in perpetuity. And then there's a day where it's like, well, actually, turns out he's a real human with real feelings and real wants and needs. And uh, for him, his choice is to retire from coaching football. And so that really sucks. Uh, He's the face. I mean, I don't know that there's a bigger face of the game uh, than Saban. Um, So really, really sucks. Um, DeBoer getting a shot now to uh, get the keys to the Ferrari, if you will. And that should be really interesting as he's one of the game's best offensive play callers. I did think it was very interesting the way that uh, Bama fans were treating him, almost like he had died in a fiery plane crash uh, the night before. The way that they treated his statue um, just shows the uh, psycho nature of not just Bama fans, but just how SEC fans are. But yeah, like Hop said, you never really expect it to happen, especially grow like we grew up watching Saban coach, whether it was at LSU or... Um, for a brief time in the NFL, or, you know, at Bama mainly. That's what I grew up watching him. So um, it's weird that he won't be coaching, and it's, it's you know, Belichick got fired in the same week, so it's going to be weird seeing, you know, two of the best coaches not on, you know, the their familiar sidelines the, uh, in the 2024 season. So it, I think it's going to be weirder not seeing Saban just because of how ingrained into the Bama program that, he, that he's been in the past few years and, you know, how much the players liked him that have, you know, are played for him last season or in, you know, years past. So it's definitely going to be weird, but I think DeBoer going there is definitely weird because it kind of felt like DeBoer might have been their fourth or fifth possible option of guys. Because um, I know Landing was, you know, in, in the running for the job, declined it. I don't know if Kiffin really was or Sark, but it, it feels like DeBoer, they kind of just kept crossing names off the list and landed at DeBoer. But I don't know what you guys think about that. I mean, I think it's a little bit, I guess, surprising when you look at some of the options that were out there. But at the end of the day, like, DeBoer is a hell of a coach. And you look at his resume going from high school to low-level college, uh, you know, working his way then through the the mid-majors, if you will, then to the Power Five at Indiana, then over to Washington as a head coach. Like, he has quite the resume. And I guess the big question is going to be how does he recruit? Because, I mean, it's, it's a hell of a battle down there in Alabama. Look, they have resources, but they don't have the resources of a Texas or an Oklahoma that are now in the SEC. So I think Saban kind of maybe got a little bit tired of always having to kind of you know suck every last dollar out of the donors in, in, in order to land some of these high-level recruits. But it's 
whoever's taking over Saban is going to have an uphill battle for sure. And I don't expect Alabama fans to be particularly patient. So this is uh, quite the undertaking. What is absolutely is this does feel like the first selfish move DeBoer's made in his career, which you do kind of deserve that at some point. And I think like the biggest, you know, move that shows that he's a selfless guy is he, you know, brought Penix with him to, from Indiana to Washington, which I mean, it's, you know, I wouldn't even, it, it seems like a loyalty move, but also you got a guy as talented at, as Penix. But him leaving um, does kind of suck for Washington, especially when you see all the guys that are now going to the draft. Um, so Dunze, Penix, Trice, um, Polk. So it's McMillan. So now it's it's going to be weird to see how Washington is going to be almost like TCU was this year, or if they can adapt with Fish as their head coach, which Arizona fans are not too too thrilled about that, of him leaving. So um, it's going to be really weird to watch Washington, who was very dominant this year and beat very good teams, if they can even, you know, you know, be a bowl team next season with how much talent they lost and losing their head coach. Yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this is a Washington program that, like, I mean, especially at least as of late, I mean, Sark had those years uh, in the early 10s where it was, I mean, you know, old team, nothing too crazy. Chris Peterson takes over the program. Uh, when Sark leaves and ups the ante um, a lot, then things kind of start to go downhill. Peterson, whatever. Uh, Jimmy Lake there for a couple of years, and now DeBoer obviously had them uh, where they were uh, these past two seasons now. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a weird, like, like this program is a is an interesting one in terms of the landscape of college football. Uh, when you look at the history, they obviously kept showing the 91, I believe it was, Rose Bowl with Michigan during the college football playoff game. And then um, since then, we we talked last time about the Jake Locker teams and that kind of stuff like that. So um, it's interesting to see a Washington program that's kind of on the fray. Uh, and we'll see what, what happens here now with this program as we expand the playoff and, and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, you're not turning down Alabama, I get that, but... You're right. Washington as a program is in such a weird spot because, like, Dan Lanning's like, no, I'm staying at Oregon. But, like, Oregon kind of has that cachet that Washington doesn't, which is, you know, surprising. I mean, Washington just made the the national championship game. They've been to the playoff before. Um, they're moving to the Big Ten. So they're still a big program, um, but they kind of still are a stepping stone. So I wonder if that changes now that they're going to the Big Ten. If they can compete there, I wonder if, you know, Washington is seen as more of a marquee. It's just... I always hate the fallout from these things, right? Because now you have Jed Fish going from Arizona to Washington. So now, you know, Arizona's probably going to take some hits. And they were such a fun story. They could have been a really fun story next year as well with the expanded playoff. But it, there's always some fallout from things like this. You're certainly right, Lukey. I mean, like you said, I mean, Fish has done a great job these last couple these last couple um, seasons. And uh, Noah Fafita, uh, his landing spot is interesting. And I... You know, um, from this, the fallout that I found was really interesting um, as a group of five guy is you have uh, Jane Delora, and, uh, who was the quarterback for Arizona, got hurt. Fafita steps in, is great, uh, takes over the starting role the rest of the year, uh, even after Delora is healthy. Uh, Delora decides to transfer, and down in Texas, G.J. Kinney, head coach of Texas State, who just won a bowl game in his first season, 
he had a guy who was a transfer, TJ Finley, all right, from Auburn. So interestingly, Kenny uh, has brought in Delora to be the next quarterback uh, for Texas State. And uh, that forces TJ Finley, who just threw for the single season passing record for the Texas State Bobcats, uh, forces him out and he's now transferring. So, uh, you know, the the little the domino meme, if you will, of the little thing into the big the big one. Um, or yeah, I believe that's how it goes. You guys know the meme I'm talking about. I'm not a meme meme master by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, yeah. So I think that's going to be an interesting, um, you know, landing spot thing, especially for a guy like T.J. Finley, who was uh, you know, really decorated at Auburn. Things didn't work out, and then goes and has a great season with uh, Texas State. Yeah, and I think another interesting part of all this is you look at Kane Womack from uh, South Alabama. Talk about the the Power Five ramifications. He goes now from South Alabama to be the D coordinator at Alabama, and we get all time name guy Major Appleway back in the mix uh, after coaching at Houston. He's going to be the head coach of South Alabama. So these things they don't happen in a vacuum. There's ripples all around. Yeah, I I told you guys before we started. I thought I was getting trolled when I saw that. Uh. Major, I saw Major Applewhite's name like popping back up at a, um, going to South Alabama. So I, I'm kind of excited about that. I will definitely watch, maybe a half of South Alabama, which is way more than I've watched in probably the past three years of South Alabama, uh, just because of Major Applewhite. But um, it, it's going to be very weird that whole Bama staff. You know, it going back to Hops Dominoes, um, seeing Womack now as the DC will be interesting. Um, and I think that's a great move for him. And Luke said before we were talking, he's probably going to try to, you know, have a few good seasons at Bama and then parlay that into another head coaching job, but at the Power Five level, you know, with maybe a lower level SEC school and ACC school, you know, wherever it may be. So it's a good move for him career wise to, and Bama always gets good players in. It's now a matter of if they can recruit at the same level and bring in defenders like Dallas Turner or, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry. So if they can continue to keep, you know, not even that same level of recruiting, but at least somewhere in that that same threshold, then, you know, Walmack's going to be perfectly fine coaching a very, very good defense that is very tough to beat um, for a lot of teams. I'm going to take the opposite stance. Uh, after today, I'm, I don't know if that I'm a huge fan of majors anymore. So uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to go on the opposite side of you. I hope he, I hope he doesn't succeed. And that's not necessarily personal. Feels personal. <laughs> well, I guess what I guess the question is for Kane Womack, you know, what's the plan? And I guess the plan is succeed for a couple of years and then get a Power 5 job. But I feel like being the head coach of South Bama, he probably could have gotten, could, probably could have made the leap, but, you know, maybe not. I guess that's the, the, the question for him. Definitely could have found himself in, in like, uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess family and that kind of stuff. I don't know where he's from, but that always plays decisions into decisions as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's always, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say Northwestern anymore because of the year that they just had, but, you know, some version of that. Uh, or like if, you know, you never know who in the SEC is on the hot seat. Um, to take over one of those jobs. And I feel like the job he was doing with South Alabama had him at the top of the Sun Belt these past few years as a big contender uh, would have been, you know, opportunity enough to to bolster his resume. But here, here we are. What do you guys think about this 
kind of error that we're in with the transfer portal. So now Alabama players are able to leave. Uh, Isaiah Bond is heading to Texas. Um, they've got some other guys in the portal as well. Like, it, it's so strange because now, you know, Bama's open for, you know, it's pretty much open season, but they can't add anyone. Like, it, I don't know. The whole system just seems really screwed up where it's like, okay, now teams can poach from Alabama because they had a coaching change, but they can't poach from other schools. It's, I don't know, it's, it's a flawed system. Well, it's not. I, I I don't know. I guess the poaching part for Alabama to bring anybody in as much as it is, you know, the new coach goes there and then he brings his guys with him because he believes in them. Uh, that that definitely puts limitations. And and these some of these guys don't have to leave either. Um, and then they have to prove themselves. So that's just a it's just a big cog in the wheel that is college football that will keep making billions of dollars every year. I'm a fan of of the metaphors you're using tonight. Cog in the wheel, <laughs> dominoes. It, this this is nice. Late night hop. Really, he gets uh, very philosophical. Thank you, thank you. I you know I I, I said today what what I got in in my uh, reading and writing portion of my ACT. It wasn't pretty. So to to know that I've I've grown since high school is good to know. Do you take the SAT too? No, I only took the ACT. 31 in, 31 in math and 30 in science, people forget. What's, what's it out of? 36. Oh, okay. That's, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> um, Another piece of transfer portal type of news, which I'm actually pretty happy about, I'll be honest. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this, but Taulia Tungavailoa. <laughs> Baby Tua, Maryland quarterback, uh, his six-year um, waiver was denied, so he'll have to go to the NFL draft, which I, I'm a big fan of. Listen, I like Baby Tua, happy for him, Big Ten, passing yards leader all time. That's a great fact, a great trivia to know, but you got to let the high school recruits get in at some point, right? Like, it, this portal is so crazy. You have guys transferring. You talk about TJ Finley. He's transferring again. Like, guys are moving here and there, like, it really has hurt the high school recruiting circle circuit, and I think we, that hasn't really been discussed enough. So to, to allow someone else to get a chance to play quarterback in college I think is important, and I think now that we're a little bit more removed from COVID, we're probably going to see less of these types of situations where dudes are in college for six, seven years. So I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, um, we mentioned the Ole Miss quarterback room with three guys that were power five starters at one time, um, including obviously Jackson Dart, their own starting quarterback. So um, as these guys actually run out of eligibility, um, we're, we're going to see influx of new talent and it should be fun. And hopefully guys are going to start staying still for three, you know, of that fourth year and it might be somewhere else or making the grad transfer process a little bit easier. But yeah, I think we're going to have this big flux of guys leaving and it should be interesting. Yeah, Luke, I think you made a good point with COVID because COVID and the NIL all kind of hit at the the same time. So it made the portal so hectic. I do think that'll slow down a bit. It's never going to be what it was before where it was sparse to see guys or rare to see guys jump into the portal. But with COVID now dying down and the eligibility guys coming in are going to have, you know, just four years of eligibility. They'll get their redshirt year, but they'll then have just four years to play after that. Possibly a medical redshirt thrown in there every now and again, but I think we'll start to see a little bit more normalcy with guys sticking around. 
Um, and you're still going to get the players that are going to chase the NIL bag, which good for them getting paid in college. But it'll start to, I think, slow down a bit and we'll see it kind of get a little bit a little bit uh, more normal again, which will be nice. Yeah. Do we I... want to do the... Oh, sorry. No, you go. I'll go. No, I was you. You had a point to make. I was going to raise a question. No, raise the question. I was just going to ask: Do we want to do the the uh, debate of best transfer gets so far? Ooh, interesting. I, what best tra- best transfer addition for a team so far? Yes. Um, because there was some, there's been some big there's been some big. Uh, um, announcements like uh, Luke mentioned Bond going from Bamba to Texas uh, Evan Stewart today going from or I think was it today or the other day yeah that was it was recently uh, yeah him going to a- from A&M to Oregon Quinshawn Judkins a huge piece for Ole yeah. going to Ohio State that was a big one um, Cam Ward going from draft to Miami um, oh, he's going back it, to Coleman. Yes. Well, I didn't know that. I saw this video where he just pretty much like, "I'm leaving. I'm I'm going to the draft now." That I love the video. Yeah, no, he's he's going back to Miami. So obviously, there's there's some uh, uh, other ones out there, and there's still some guys with some decisions to be made. Um, but yeah, go go. I mean, Will Howard now at Ohio State. Luke, do you want to take the floor? So I, I think there's, you know, a lot that you just brought up. Um, I think there's some sneaky ones too. Like I think Trevor Etienne going from Florida to Georgia is really interesting. I mean, Georgia, like every single year, just has absolute, no pun intended, dogs at running back. So for them to add Trevor Etienne, um, I mean, they're going to be gearing up. They're going to probably be, you know, one or two national championship favorites. But I think one move that I think creates an interesting ripple effect is Isaiah Bond going from Alabama to Texas because we already know Texas crazy talented at receiver they're going to lose some of it obviously but I think the pressure on Texas going into this year is going to be at an all-time high because this year was kind of their year to be like okay we made the playoff but this year they're going to the SEC Sark you know a lot of pressure on him to take that next step make the playoff again win the SEC championship I mean this is a team that should be in the top three all year competing for a national championship, but can they do it at the SEC level? We're going to find out. I think adding a guy like Isaiah Bond just adds to that pressure. I uh, I see your Isaiah Bond, and I'm going to raise you one of our friends who was a roadrunner with our boy Josh Jet Cephas, um, and I'm going to go with Trey Moore on the edge. That defense that Ooh, Texas yeah. brought, I think that him and they added uh, another safety, one of the Bama safeties. Um, obviously, we know what Sark can do on offense. We know Ewers is back. They have Bond. But what can this defense do to keep opponents off the scoreboard? Um, it was good at times. It was bad at times. Obviously, at the end of the day, Washington and DeBoer, uh, who I assume, uh, I, I haven't seen the schedule to be totally fair, but... Uh, DeBoer and Sark, I'm sure, will have a, a meeting at some point here uh, next year, I would imagine, in some capacity. So um, I, I think a guy like Trey Moore is going to be... They will not play Texas next year. Well, maybe in the SEC <laughs> game, potentially in the college football playoff. 
Um, so so much for assumptions. You know what they do they do for you. But, we do have though uh, uh, Georgia Bama regular season, which we haven't had for for a few years. Ooh yeah, I like Daddy Likey, but I like I like Trey Moore for Texas defense next year. That's that's my uh, big transfer portal one besides the obvious. Is all right. Diaz, talk about Riley Leonard. <laughs> Hang on, I was gonna get to that. Um. My biggest one, obviously, other than Riley Leonard, which I'll touch on, is Judkins to Ohio State. I think like he he was a guy I was super high on going into last season, played really well, but I'm excited to see him in a Big Ten offense like Ohio State that does like to air it out more than other Big Ten schools. So he's one. Um, and then also a UConn guy leaving UConn, which is disappointing. Their top receiving option last year, Justin Jolly going to NC State. Sneaky, one of the better tight ends in the nation especially now with Bowers leaving and then I think he could be you know maybe one of the five best tight ends after next season ends uh with the Wolfpack and then obviously Riley Leonard the true savior another handsome ACC quarterback preparing to break my heart when we lose to you know probably one of the first four teams that we play and lose any good shot at having a solid seed in the playoffs so I am excited for Leonard but one of the sneaky bad transfer additions has to be Tyler Van Dyke going to Wisconsin. I mean, that's just disgusting. Like, personally, me, as a Notre Dame fan, I got Riley Leonard. Luke got Kyle McCord. Yeah, I mean. Tyler Van Dyke. You got maybe one of the worst transfer options. Like, scraping the true bottom of the barrel of Power 5 transfer. You make such a good point, Diaz. Wow. That's just disgusting to see. And it hurts me to do this because he's a Connecticut guy. I, he's a Connecticut guy. It hurts me to do that to a Glastonbury native like Tyler Van Dyke. So, um, but yeah, that's just that's bad. I really hate the fact that um, you're able to do this because between <laughs> between Leonard, between Bo Collins and Chris Mitchell, who Notre Dame has added in this offseason, I really like all three of those guys. Um, so I, I don't have a Notre Dame comeback. Yeah. At the end of the day, I got to ride for TVD. I will put my opinions aside because he's going to be wearing the red and white of Wisconsin. It's on Wisconsin. We're going to jump around. Look, man, in, in fickle, we trust. That's even if TVD starts. Solid chance. He just doesn't start. He's just that bad. That is, I was going to say something. And I'm, no, no, no. I'm gonna come, leave on. It alone. come on, come on. Look, okay, we might get Deacon Hill back. That could be an upgrade. <laughs> I think the the movement that's happened in the quarterback position is really interesting too. Like Malik Murphy going from Texas to Duke. Um, that's really fun. I think, you know, Brock Vandegrift getting a chance now going to Kentucky. Like we never really knew what he was gonna be at Georgia. Now he gets a chance. Obviously, my guy, Kyle McCord, coming to the Qs. Um, sneaky like Daquan Finn going to Baylor is sneaky fun. I like that. So I, there's there's a lot of quarterback movement, which has been interesting. Let me ask you this, especially Hop. You know he's a Big Ten guy. Um, and you know ball knower, general ball knower. How do you guys think Will Howard will transfer to Ohio State? Like, how do you think that will go? Because I like Will Howard, but his style I think is going to be interesting to watch in the Big Ten. I am. Terrified of his potential. Wow. Uh, I really? think, I mean, yeah, I mean, he 
and use the legs when he has to. Uh, we know he can run with the potential for RPO between Henderson and um, uh, Judkins and what his legs can offer. Uh, and then he is more than capable of throwing the ball to plenty of talented options still, uh, even with the loss of uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I, 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 I don't. I I think they upgraded at the position. Truthfully, I think he's better than McCord. So I I don't see why it would be strong a strong take. I don't think it's that strong of a take. I like guy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So is all of the other four and five stars from Texas A and M. Congrats. The thing that's going to hurt Howard, I think, is the possible expectations from Ohio State fans, because now they're at the point where Michigan owns them. It's. Ohio State's going to win games, but it's now like they're searching for the guy that is going to bring them back to, you know, that dominant feeling against Michigan. Um, So, I mean, if Howard can't do that, then Ohio State fans are going to absolutely lambaste them. But I think he'll be good, but he's I don't think he's going to be better than McCord was this year. I didn't think McCord was great all the time, but he was pretty good most of the season, especially in that Notre Dame game. Yeah, some other interesting ones. Uh, KJ Jefferson, man. It's, I'm your job application. Yeah. You, you, update update LinkedIn. Who are you guys? You guys suck. This is the problem we've talked about. Like Dudes like KJ Jefferson are playing college ball for 20 years, and there's, I don't know. He's going to UCF. Good for him, I guess. I don't know. Um, DJ U. I'm going to pump this seat. Uh, a big unit like KJ Jefferson rocking the black and gold. Like, that, that is, it, it, like, you must be sick if you're not kind of excited to see that. Well, I do think he should be selling insurance right now. Um, it is going to be kind of exciting to see him rocking the black and gold under the lights at UCF. Yeah, and you mentioned, uh, Diaz, your tight end going to NC State. He'll have Grayson McCall thrown to him this year. Best um, quarterback in the country, some might say. That move felt like it was going to happen forever. It finally does. Um, how about Jaden Maeva heading from UNLV to USC? That's fun. That is yeah. going to be interesting, dude. I want him to succeed, especially after I was such a huge UNLV guy this past year. They obviously let me down in the end. Uh, still had the win total, though, which they smothered. But, yeah, I, so it should be interesting. You know, uh, Nelson then goes to Boise State. The the, the carous- It's no longer just the coaching carousel. It's the quarterback carousel. Oh, yeah. It's everybody moving. Yeah, it's crazy. Florida, the state of Florida gets two new quarterbacks. DJU to Florida State, Cam Ward to Miami. I'm I'm intrigued. I mean, DJ, we saw him do it at Oregon State, but he's going to be thrust right back onto that stage that he failed at Clemson. So uh, he's not often you see guys go from uh, Clemson to Florida State. So that that's, you know, no integrity there. With, with DJU, I think it's kind of in that same Will Howard vein that I said about expectations. The best thing for him at Oregon State was no one expected a thing from him. They were like, yeah, maybe he'll play good. Who knows? And he goes out and plays pretty good football. Now you're at a place like Florida State that was arguably should have been in the playoff last year. It's, the expectations are going to be high for a guy like DGU. So I, I don't know if that's really the best spot for him. I thought maybe he should have stuck it out another year at Oregon State and you know continued to have minimal expectations and continue to play above those minimal expectations and play pretty good. I don't know. I, I don't love this move. I thought uh, I thought 
your boy Jordan McLeod might make an interesting fit at Florida State. Yeah, I mean he's yet to find a home. Yeah, he's still chilling. Um, and you know, JMU loses their quarterback. He goes to Indiana, or their coach, sorry, goes to Indiana. And Curtis Rourke, our guy, uh, looks like he's going to be starting there. So I guess they they didn't want McLeod over there. Yeah, it's a real problem. Um, uh, there's there's a kid from a hometown. I brought him up before, Austin Lively. He's going to Indiana. Now our boy Curtis, arguably maybe one of the best smiles we've had on this podcast. I said it. I said it the day we met him uh, in the podcast. He's at Indiana, so that's gonna that's gonna be a tough situation for your boy. And I guess my last point. Oh, you're gonna be playing in a, a Big Ten championship this year. That's what Signetti said. Which I might be a, a Hoosier fan this year. Yeah, you love oh, Signetti. I, I I'm a huge. You guys were bashing him in the chat. I'm when not a fan. That and I was like, you know what? I believe because how how bad is the Big Ten West? Like they could easily. There is no have, Big Ten West. What do you mean? <laughs> no division. They got rid of division. Oh, so did the Mac. You know what? You know what? Signetti might be in the wrong here. You know what? <laughs> he might be. You guys might be onto something. He might not be. Yeah, you know, he just has to get past Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, USC, Oregon, UCLA. Uh, yeah, and so so what? <laughs> Tyler Van Dyke. True, TVD's going to shred their secondary. Uh, my last point I wanted to make before we wrap things up. Um, group of five race is going to be really fun next year because Caden Salter looks like he's going to be staying at Liberty. Um, and then you mentioned Boise State gets Malachi and Elson. There's already some bangers in there as well. So I, that's that fight for the playoff spot is going to be legit this year. Salter, though, did lose. Uh, the, I think he's going to be the next great LSU wide receiver in his uh, CJ Daniels. Big lanky guy. Um, he, I believe he ended up being the top target. You might have to check the numbers there, but a big, big part of that Liberty offense. So yeah, he's just done. that's, yeah, dude, he's awesome. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. I was going to ask a question. I guess we're going to save it probably for next time we record. I wanted to possibly do our outset, like our picks for who was going to be the G five team that made the. Wow, that's play. strong. I think we got to save it because I I want to do more yeah. research on that. For yeah, sure. I do too. I was going to ask if we wanted to save it, but uh, with seeing that Hop is you know, left us for, for the uh, future. Um, I, I think that'll be it. Oh, can we can we do Jerry Kill quick? I just want I just want to bring Yeah. Back. Yeah, Jerry Kill. Jerry Kill leaving he was what, New Mexico State? Yes. Right? Okay. And he's now at Vandy as what was the position? Uh the chief consultant to the head coach and offensive analyst? Uh yeah, he is going to be political chief consultant to the head coach and senior offensive advisor. I like it personally. Like, if if you're an older coach and you get that that title, that's pretty sick. That's what when we had an older coach here at Maritime that went to UMass, um, and he's kind of in that consultant or like assistant to the head coach uh, role. Like, if you're an older coach, that's pretty sick. You're just watching film and just breaking down ball for 18 hours the day. Like, if you're a football guy, that seems like the dream job. Yeah. So shout out Jerry Kill, still kicking it. I uh, love to see that out of him. Um, but we're going to end this kicking it session uh, here on Is It Saturday? Yeah, just a mini episode. We'll throw some of these at you as the offseason goes on, just touching on the the hot subjects of the college football world. I'm Luke Owens, as always, joined alongside Andrew Diaz, Bryce Hopwood. We'll see you guys next time. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs>
Podcast presented by Student Union Sports.